Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Ginny Ledger. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is episode number 94. Uh, happy late Valentine's Day slash Galentine's Day slash Singles Awareness Day for all my single peeps. Uh, I mean, I think Valentine's Day is like a little bit overrated, but that's okay. We love a little gift and to, you know, spice it up a little bit. Uh, This is actually going to be a lovely episode for all my single folks or people in the dating world. Um, I am super excited for this guest. She is an author of her debut memoir, The Veil Between Two Words, the memoir of Silence, Loss, and Finding Home, which will be available April 2023. Everyone, please welcome Christina to the show. All right, everyone, please welcome Christina to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, Let's just start out by sharing your journey about, you know, how you got inspired to write your book. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank thank you for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Um, uh, So, yeah, I mean, I've been writing for a long time, just, you know, like many people, just kind of on my own. More than journaling, I've always been interested in st- storytelling, but I haven't, it's taken me a long time actually until my 40s to really pull something together. And a lot of it um, with this first book happened actually like pre-pandemic, right around my 40th birthday, like six months before the pandemic. And I decided, oh, I'm going to leave San Francisco. It was time to leave. I didn't know where I was going to go, just doing freelance work. So I went to Ojai, which is a small town, um, in Southern California, like 8,000 people, very, like spiritual and beautiful. And, and then Santa Barbara for a little bit. And, and then I went back to San Francisco because of the pandemic. And then at the beginning of 2021, mid pandemic, I went on a road trip with my friend to, to, to Santa Fe, to New Mexico, where I am now. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I actually like, so I was always writing like family history, but then it was really about how am I get, I didn't know how I would frame it. And so the container mm-hmm. of this memoir became that road trip actually with a lot of backflashes to my family history, but then also specifically around that time of like turning 40. So two years prior. So I really see it that that was kind of like this, it was a really strong, like two year spiritual journey that I was on. Um, and, and that's, uh, primarily the focus of the, the book, but, and all kinds of, you know, really funny things happened around like date and not, I didn't include all of them, but it was just, it was just an adventure huge like adventure at 40 and I didn't even go out of the country I mean it was just like in California and then in New Mexico so that's so awesome now when you were you know a young kid did you ever thought like did you ever think that you would become an author I think I I think I when I was like in second grade I I had an inkling of that like because I remember doing this like drawing book and I told my friend oh we should like just you know draw these pictures and then send them to a poem. I mean, I think I even did that when I was, yes, in second, I think I was in second or third grade. And I don't know, I found a, an ad, nothing happened obviously, but I found the address of the publisher and mailed it. So I think it was there, but it was not something I returned to, you know, like I said, until, till early, you know, forties, I think, um, you know, I worked as a professional writer, but that was mainly related to fundraising um, at a university. So it was a different type of writing. But I think for me, it took that long to sort of reconcile my story. And then mm. I primarily write, you know, personal essays and memoir. And I think I'm really happy also that I waited until now because of just to have the life experience 
and the wisdom mm -hmm. and also the perspective of not, I think a decade ago when I was writing, if I published anything at that time, I'd, I don't know if I would necessarily be as proud of it. Um, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And just like all of your journey, like you were saying in the perspective and I love that. I'm actually, so I, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, I have always wanted to write a book myself and I finally kind of got really inspired by one of my coaches that I work with and oh. she she wrote a book she has yet to publish it and she was like reading some of the you know the stories in it just because they're like kind of all about dating and yes. I thought to myself Janae why don't you just bite the bullet and start it so I, I wrote three pages so far so I know it's just <laughs> the beginning stages but you know, I know that I, I've had a bunch of authors on the podcast and I love speaking with authors just because I think it's, it's such a, a unique like situation to write a book. And I think so many people out there, like maybe are intrigued to write a book or they, they're really fascinated by something and they have so much passion about it. So if there was anyone out there that, you know, was thinking about writing a book, what tips would you give them? Oh, I mean, I think, I think nowadays, like there's so, I mean, yes, I think it's true also that um, a lot of people do want to write books. And I think that that is, that comes from like who we are as humans. I think it's just this innate desire of that we were, uh, I think in, you know, human history, like we're born storytellers, right? Like really? whether that was through like drawing on caves, you know, like people, I think people, everybody has an inherent desire to share. I mean, that's why we have so many podcasts now. And also, you know, this desire, and I personally feel that memoir is going to take a new, there's going to be a like um, resurgence of interest in, cause I think a lot of people kind of criticize memoir because it seems selfish to write about yourself and why is one story interesting, but it's not so much that one particular story is interesting. Like I don't necessarily believe that I have the most amazing story, but I think it's the link between the personal and the universal, right? So if a writer can can share their story in a way that is going to be relevant to somebody else or somebody else can see themselves in it, for example. And I, and I think with dating, that's a perfect example because, you know, at some point in everyone's journey, they're going to be dating. And I think we enjoy and appreciate stories about dating because they can be really fun and funny. And But my, my main advice is just for, I think, first for people to really like write for themselves, like write, you know, I, I think family histories are also very important. And I know like I'm Vietnamese and a, a lot of, you know, the older generation, like, you know, as they start to get older and pass away, it's like this importance of sharing stories from Vietnam. And I, I just think keeping those stories, especially if you have a family, if you have children with your family history is just really important um, for that legacy to pass on. And then there's that individual level of just really reconciling one's own story, which everybody is on everybody's on a hero's journey. You know, I mean, everybody doesn't need to write about it. Maybe they just write about it for themselves, but you know, regardless of what your profession is or who you are, you're going through some journey in life. And, you know, then if you write it for yourself and then, you know, and then there's so many people that can support you in the writing process. They're writing coaches, they're developmental editors. There are all kinds of opportunities for publishing that you don't have to, you know, go through a traditional publisher. So, you know, they're just options out there. And mm -hmm. I think if somebody has that desire, for me, it was one of the most satisfying things that I've ever done. So, I would encourage people just to have 
you know, just the consistency, because that's really what you need with writing, right? You just need to consistently work on your project, even if it's just 30 minutes a day. But what I think will happen, as it did for me, for many people, is that the more you write, the more you give yourself those small bits of time, the more you will want that time. Like the more you'll actually connect with yourself and your soul, and then so much will move through you. And then I, I hope that, you know, people will then will be like, oh, this half an hour is now an hour or two, right? Or a half a day on a weekend. Yeah. So just yeah, keep going and 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 don't don't in the beginning think so much about what will happen to it, what mm-hmm. like if it will be published or these things. The first step is really just to to get it out, which a lot of people can't do. You know, a lot of people give up and mm-hmm. it's it takes a lot of determination. So I think that persistence is really important. I love that. And I think that's such good advice because you're right. Like staying consistent if you're passionate about something and if you really want to do it. Like I always say on this podcast, like I I knew I wanted to do a podcast and I really strive towards getting to that end goal and like being so excited and fired up. I think if you're fired up about something and you're passionate, I think people anyone can do anything that's that's yes. my point of view from from that um and I know you have and I I actually definitely want to when your book comes out definitely want to purchase it so everyone we will definitely plug the book at the end of the podcast so stay tuned but I cannot wait to read it oh so I know um you know we had talked a couple of weeks back about what we were gonna you know talk about on this podcast and honestly I think you know, we talk about dating a ton, like you were saying, and I think it's so fascinating when, you know, people have these different stories and different perspectives and they go through life and they, you know, kind of collect these. I mean, I definitely collected all of my dating, dating stories and experiences. And I think it's so cool when, you know, you can share these stories with other people. Um, And I know, I know dating can be very exhausting and I think so many different people have such a different outlook on dating you know some people might be exhausted from it some people might be so out of the loop because they've been in a relationship for so long that they're like I don't even know what it's like to date anymore and I think you know if you're in the dating world you know just like the technology and you know meeting someone in person I feel like there's just so many layers to dating So I think we can get into like so many different cool topics on this, but I want to first ask you if you could choose like you're actually, you know what, hold on. Let me ask one more thing. So obviously you, you are single right now. Sort of, but not really. I mean, I was single for a lot of uh, the time that I was writing the book. I, I'm, okay. yeah, it's kind of like tenuous, uh, not totally defined, fair. defined totally fair. right now. But yeah, but not really dating. I'm not, I'm like okay. specifically dating, like dating one person, but we haven't like defined it, but I'm not okay. dating many people. So I'm not like actively totally dating. <laughs> okay, got <laughs> it. Um, so if you were to like go on a date, like your ideal first date, like if you could choose anything and it could be like extravagant, what would your ideal first date be? Oh, so I'm very simple with first dates. Cause I, I just feel, you know, I feel like actually most comfortable either like 
probably just at a coffee shop, actually. I just, yeah, that, that, that's okay. kind of it. Like a one hour coffee conversation. That's kind of my like first date ideal to get I to know. Someone. Yeah. Nothing. I, I, not, I don't know. I don't actually feel super comfortable, like something like extravagant, like just getting, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because then it's yeah. like all these expectations of, oh, it's so this great dinner or restaurant, you know, and then this experience. And I'm also not somebody that like, likes to get really made up. I mean, I'm criticized by this, uh, about this a lot by, um, by women, you know, like, uh, our parents' generation, like older women, because I think, especially when I was really actively dating, they would um, just want me to be more made up, you know, for dates. But yeah, like, this is me. Like, this is me. I, and one of my friends, like one of, uh, uh, she's a wonderful woman to me and very much like a mother figure. But uh, yeah, she, one time she like brought out all of her like nice clothes and purses and all these things and wanted me and shoes and wanted me to like really dress up. And, and I, I don't think that I I didn't, I don't think I took anything and I wouldn't have either because then you're not really, you know, yourself really, you know? And I see the idea of like, you don't want to look sloppy. So I didn't, I mean, I don't think I look like I just, you know, was gardening or something, but I don't also think I need to, I don't know, be, be more dressed up than I would be normally. Right. I mean, totally. I, but that's authentically you. I love that. Yes. Like you're not, you're, you're like, I'm not trying to put on a show or be someone that I'm not like, this is me. Take it or leave it. I mean, I love yeah. that. And, and I have actually had like some men say things, you know, I don't, I'm very, and I think like maybe men might perceive me as difficult, but for me, it's like, I don't want they, you know, saying things like, I don't know why you're not this way or like not, you know, just certain expectations like around appearance or, you know, these things. And I'm just like, it's just not, or to be sexier or what, you know, I'm just like, I'm like 43 now, you know, I, my goal, even if that makes me like renders me single, it's like, I'm not, my goal is not to like be sexy for men at at this. It never was. And it's certainly not in my forties. Like, it's just not the top of my mind, you know? (laughs) No, I totally get that. And I think, I think a lot of people, like just from what I've experienced and stories I've heard, some people think that, you know, when they go on a dating app, they have to like, have like the most perfect-esque pictures and the the most perfect bio. And then when you get to them in person and it's like, yeah, but that's not actually them. Like, I think, I, right? yeah, I think having a dating app that's really being yourself and really showcasing who you are, whether that be some photos that maybe you don't have makeup on, you know, and you know, you normally do wear makeup or, you know, some things like that, that you, you're doing something passionate that you like, like if you like hiking, you have a hiking photo. Like I think just being true to yourself because you're right that when you go on the date, if you, if you know, you have all these extravagant outfits. I'm just giving a silly example. If you have all these extravagant outfits, then you show up and you're like, you know, in just like normal jeans and a nice blouse, then it like sets up expectation of like, okay, well, who am, you know, what is, what is happening here? Yes. You know? It's like false marketing, right? Let's say there's a product yes. that's, that totally. looks like that's Photoshopped and looks super amazing. And then you get the product and you're like, this is not what, and I think that that's also like a stage in relationships where, which I also don't subscribe to. And I think that's also why, you know, 
I've had problems in the past because I think there, there are these rules that people say, like, you're kind of on your best behavior or showing like all these like sides of yourself. And I, I don't really want to do that to people. Right. I'd rather like show them who I am. And that doesn't mean like I'm throwing fits or like tantrums or, you know, being crazy, like crazy, like men would say, but I I just don't Mm -hmm. think it's, I don't want to present myself in a certain way to then land a long-term relationship. And then all of a sudden these things come out, right? Like I'm actually reversed in the sense that like, once people get to know me like longer, it's just, because that's just normal. Like when you're more comfortable with somebody, you know, then, then like you, it, you can like work things out and have more understanding, you know, and I, there's a philosopher that I really like, and he wrote this really popular New York, New York times article that like the title was something like why, why you will marry the wrong person. And he did a Ted talk and he basically said that, you know, at a certain age, when you're dating, it's more like you should come to the table. The two people should come to the table and sort of say like, what are your, what are your issues? Because really at a certain point, yes. that's kind of what you're like, you're, you know, like, can you, the question is like, can you work with the person that you're dating? Right. Can you work with their issues? Because if somebody doesn't, I mean, everybody has issues. They're just different. Exactly. And it's just a matter of like, yeah, like how compatible you are, how much you like the person, but how much you're willing to work with the person and, and to really try to understand their history and why they act in a certain way. Like for me, you know, I have like, um, and I've worked through a lot of these, but they still flare up like, you know, issues with abandonment, you know, residual jealousy, all these things like, and I, I'm aware of them, but it's, you know, the person that I'm with is just going to need to be able to be like, this is not, this is not define me. It doesn't mean like, this is who I am every single day. It means a certain it's something triggers me. And then I respond in a certain way because it's linked to, to trauma and to something that was painful in the past that might not be relevant to the present, but I need a partner who's going to be like, and, and vice versa that I will do that Mm. as well to be like, you're not, you know, you're reacting in a certain way because of something else that's really beyond me. So can we, you know, in a moment, like maybe when it's after a fight or whatever, like, you know, because those, because we're all just bringing those wounds to the to the table, especially when we're older and dating. I completely agree, and I think self awareness is something that is so underrated. I think, like, if you're self aware, I think people can people can read that pretty well, and and they'll understand. And like you're saying, you put it all out on the table, and it's like it. I mean, I kind of did the same thing when I found my fiance a couple of years ago. I'm like, hey, this is me. He was, he pretty much said the same thing. And I think when you're upfront about those things, yeah. then you can kind of, like you said, kind of filter out, oh, oh, okay, like we are compatible here. You know, we have some differences here, but figuring out and getting to the root of, do we think that this is compatible? Do we think that this could work? And also I think, you know, with your boundaries and your, um, uh, what is the word? Um, I always forget this word. I don't know what it is, but I can never think of the word. Um, your deal breakers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I think just like, like sharing those, like, I think kind of early, I don't think is a bad thing. I think sometimes people, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, like putting on a show and it's just like, that probably is not going to get you to what you want and what you desire because you need to be 
I mean, I always say that being upfront and being straightforward with what you want and what you desire, the the worst thing that can happen is that person's like, oh, you know what? Maybe you're not the right person for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think like also, I don't know, when I was dating a lot, like I think and this was also like in part in San Francisco, what I found is that I think, I think number one, like people are, we're all kind of hard on ourselves, but we're also like hard on other people. Right. And it's just like, I mean, especially with sort of the, again, like what I'm saying, like sort of expectations about like maybe physical appearance or like how fit you're, you know, like your shape. And it's just like, I hear sometimes friends talking and it's just like, I don't know, like everybody's looking for something. Obviously like we want to be attracted to this the person, but like, first you should focus on your own physical health. Like you, if you feel great about who you are, then you'll likely attract someone who also equally cares about physical fitness and these things. But if, you know, if that's your priority and you don't really care about it, that doesn't really make sense. Right. Like you can't Mm -hmm. expect someone else to be super healthy and like in perfect shape and not kind of have that same like care and concern about yourself. So I think that that's always interesting, but, um, yeah, but I I think like first of all, people need to have like be generous with themselves. And like it's a it's a it can be a challenge, it can be really fun, but I think for a I don't I think that sometimes we don't ask the right questions as we're going through the process. And then we end up just being like yes. judgmental toward ourselves and other people, which is not helpful. Yeah. And I think yeah. being in the present moment can be super hard on a first date because you're like is this going well? Like, or am I vibing? I mean, I'm just, I'm such an overthinker when I go on a first date. So it's like, I really have to like stop myself and say, Janai, just be in the moment, you know, ask him questions, answer his questions. Now, do you have a worst first date to share with us? A worst first date? Um, <laughs> I probably oh, have a good few. <laughs> anything and I mean I remember one time I don't know why I did this this wasn't really a worse first date but it was like uh, so uh, first of all let me just share like a criticism or feedback that I often get which I I, is valid right because I've heard it repeatedly and I think that that's very important right to understand how we kind of come across to people so like I think I um I am a writer I am very curious I ask a lot of questions so it's like I've actually received a lot of feedback that people feel that men feel that they're being like interrogated, you know, like, uh, like they're with a journalist. And it's actually interesting because I don't like when people do that to me, but I actually think mm-hmm. I do that a lot to people um, just because I don't really like to talk, uh, especially on a first day. I don't really like to like share everything on a first day. And so I'd mm-hmm. rather be the one that's like asking questions. Um, but one time I remember, um, and sometimes like when, when I was like communicating with a lot of people, sometimes I just felt already that I really liked this person as a friend. And that's kind of also hard to negotiate because you can kind of feel a nice friend connection, but it's like, you can't really say that in the beginning. But one time, um, one time I remember it was like very in the, in the beginning when I got online um, for the first time, like a couple of years ago, and I don't know why I did this. I never, I mean, some of the things I've done, like I would never recommend anybody to do, but for whatever reason, um, like this person was in the neighborhood, my neighborhood. And he was just like, oh, and first of all, I don't think women should tell men like the neighborhood they live in either. I, so I don't know really what I was thinking. I've always had good, 
I've never had like really horrible experiences actually, like uh, feeling unsafe. I, I trust my intuition in that. But anyway, um, this person came over and when he came over, I mean, I think I was doing this like questioning thing. And he told me, uh, he worked in the, um, he worked in the film industry, but then he told me that I was like a, uh, a witch, but a good one. Now that was funny. Gosh. Cause he was like, like that. Yeah. He, there was a, and there was an actress or a movie that he said, like, you're like that witch in that movie, but he was like, but you're a good witch. And that made me like really want to, um, I don't know. I almost started a blog at that time about like with all these dating stories and called it the good witch because I understood what he meant, which was that, I don't know. Like there's a part of me also that's not like when I would go on these first dates, it's not just like, I'm not really assessing them like dating wise. I'm just more, I've also done a lot of therapy myself and I studied social psychology in grad school. I'm just curious about people. So it's like part of me also wants to figure people out and then help them. So I think I, can come across like a therapist almost that that's what my, I think the first day experience I give with people, but, um, another story around that time, I, I was like getting ready to leave San Francisco and like all these things were changing in my life. And I, um, something happened with my car. And so I got a rental car and they gave me a convertible for some reason. So I drove down the coast and I, um, stopped in Big Sur and I had like I think I just went in to get a coffee at this coffee shop bakery. And then the manager started talking to me and it was really funny. I don't know why, again, like I do not recommend these experiences <laughs> to any other woman. Like I would not want anybody to do the things that I've done, but um, yeah, we just had like a, a, like a nice conversation. And then he was basically like, Oh, if you want to stay, you know, cause big, so you, there are not that many places to stay. You kind of need a book in advance. And I wasn't planning to stay the night. But he said, oh, you can, if you want to stay, you can stay at my place, um, like his little cabin. And I actually like took him up on the offer and ended up staying like a couple days. Nothing romantic happened. I, I, I felt, you know, and then there's always that risk of that for women. But again, that's why I said, like, I'm not advising any woman to do these or men to do these things. But I felt, I felt safe because, you know, the, his property was on uh the well his like cabin was on the property of the owners of the restaurant so uh, there was somebody like yeah. there was another house like right next there were people like very close you know so mm -hmm. uh, but it ended up being you know kind of a nice you know it was a nice experience I mean there was that tension cool. and I wasn't interested in like anything romantic and I you know, he was, but he was very kind about it. And, and he also like shared a lot, like his perspective of, about his life, but then also like his kind of perspective of me and this feedback, which is something I think is also important about dating, right. Is feedback because like, I mean, like you said, sometimes if you, if like your friends aren't going on dates with you, you that your friends don't know yes. what you are like on dates and now for me, I've repeatedly heard this feedback about the way I ask questions and, you know, mm -hmm. people feeling like, you know, they're with a therapist or something, even though I'm not a therapist. So I'm aware of that now, right? Not only in a dating situation, but also just with people in general to not make them feel, you know, like they're being interrogated. Right, right, right. And I love that. I mean, I always want feedback when I used to go on dates and I always, I always wondered, like, I think, I mean, maybe if I was 
you know, in a different situation. Like I think, I think maybe as we get older, we're more open to get giving feedback because I find that, you know, a couple of years ago when I was in the dating world, like people would just be like, oh, like you were not my person or just like some bullshit excuse. And I was always just yeah. like, give it to me straight. Like, I actually don't want children. And I, I do remember yes. one of the fellows I went out with, he was like, you know, I really do want children. Like I had such a good time with you. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Like totally understand that because he wanted kids. But I find that a lot of people don't really give the feedback. So that like, I feel like, I feel like that's, that's probably helpful just because you're like, okay, now I can, I can see, you know, maybe what didn't vibe or, or what have you. But I also think giving them feedback as well, because, you know, if you, if you didn't vibe or what have you, then I think, I think, I feel like it's, it's okay to do it in like a nice, kind way. It's not, as long as it's not like rude and inconsiderate. I don't know if you've ever, if you have any more thoughts on that. Yeah. And you, I mean, like just what you said, like makes me think about some things where like with one guy I went on a date with who eventually became a friend, I actually told him like that his, his profile didn't reflect, like kind of did not at all reflect like really like who he was in a positive way. Right. Like the, the pictures weren't like in a negative way, like his pictures weren't as great, as great as like, I mean, he was much more attractive and that happens too. Like, I think sometimes pictures, right. Like I think sometimes people's, it's not just like physical appearance, but also personality really helps to like, Mm -hmm. sometimes I see people, you know, I meet people and then I, you know, maybe look at their pictures online. And I think like, if I, I might be attracted to them by meeting them, but if I just saw them on their picture, I wouldn't never think that I was attracted to them. So I think people are like automatically filtering people out because so true. They, they like the pictures don't really share like the kind of who somebody is like their whole person and how they show up. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, I think a lot of people, and I think also like, I think this dating world, I mean, I think it's really harsh and people like, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, at a certain point, I mean, you can't try too hard, like if there are a lot of incompatibilities, but I think maybe sometimes people don't try hard enough, right? Like maybe it wasn't perfect on a first date, but it's not going to be, but maybe just try, you know, one or two more times to make sure like, cause we're, we're making assumptions about each other, right? We're assuming based on like a short period of time that like, because somebody did this, that they're going to be this way, or I didn't like this. So I'm not going to like this, but it's like, you don't actually know all those things. Like you don't, maybe somebody was really shy, but maybe they just need a few more times to open up. Right. Maybe the chemistry wasn't there at the beginning, but maybe it will be there. I mean, I I don't think we, I I think people just have these like, like hard assumptions of how things should be. And actually maybe that's not, the case you know what I mean and on top of that I think from my experience it's like that that kind of primal attraction that one feel okay obviously there just might be just someone that's just super attracted that you're attracted to that's just how it is right but mm-hmm. also on some level our attractions might be um not the right they might be signaling us in the wrong direction right so for example somebody who like for me, like has sort of, you know, issues with abandonment, like, and, and I'm at, like, I have like a lot of distant figures in my life. And so I'm, I am attracted in a lot of ways on a subconscious level to people who are aloof. 
that is not the healthiest thing for me, but I might have like the strongest primal attraction to the person that's, that, that is actually the least healthy partner for me because it's, 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 it's biological. It's based on like, right. Like my upbringing and like what the construct of love that like I formulated throughout my life and childhood, which is, you know, not, not, uh, not a good, like maybe, yeah, it's just not a good indicator. So sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. we really have to have, I mean, good therapy, good friendships, like, and also we have to, I, what I've noticed, and I do this myself, it's like, we also have to be careful with our friends, right? Because I don't know about your experience, but like, I think sometimes friends, cause obviously we sometimes vent to friends, right. But, for, mm-hmm. but our friends don't know necessarily the other person. So our story could not be, is not the full picture. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to friends and yeah. like, there's a problem and we're like, Oh, X, Y, and Z did X, you know, all these things. And then as their, fr- as your friend, they want to say, Oh, you should not be with that person. Partly that's true, maybe, but maybe partly it's not. So it's very complicated when we're getting feedback from external people. And that's why I think, I mean, for me, I I had a great therapist in the Bay Area and like somebody to really work, like not doubt your story. Obviously, like if you're in like, if somebody's like really like physically, emotionally, you know, like if it's a really bad situation, yes, like you don't need to be in that, but a lot of things that we might perceive as unhealthy are like, it could also be our responses that are unhealthy and our perception that's based on a, a formula or a framework that needs to be updated. It, mm, that's not, that's a good way to put it. You know what I mean? That's not like rooted in like hist- historical pain or trauma, like the lens of like, for mm-hmm. me, like I have, always kept like strong boundaries up. So it's like, for me, for example, like I'm always looking for ways to keep people at bay. Like, oh, I can't trust this person because of this. And so, and I don't like this person because of that, but it's actually like, you have to kind of interact with that person to be like, you know, to give to give people a chance. Um, friends, romantic partners, colleagues, you know. Boundaries are so important they are so important and I I actually read a book on boundaries and it was so fascinating by uh, Nedra Tawab and that book really blew my mind because it's like yeah. it can be really hard with family but I think even in yeah, yeah. relationships or friendship and we should have we should have boundaries with every person in our life because then that that makes us you know our we're catering to our mental health and I think that is so so important yeah. Um, I mean, I could go off on a whole tangent about boundaries. <laughs> um, but going back to like the dating stuff, I I mean, I've been out of the dating world for like two, almost three years now. And I think when someone is, you know, has been married for a period of time or in a relationship, they kind of they kind of like forget what it is really like. And I think some people can be very, very judgmental and and not really have, you know, compassion for single, you know, single folks. Um, and I think I actually asked some of my listeners about like, if you are single, like, what would you say the dating world is like? So I want to ask you, like, what, you know, what, what do you think the dating world just overview is like? And if someone hasn't been in the dating world, and 
a number of years, how can they be like less judgy and, and kind of do better about thinking about, you know, single people? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely experienced that as well when I, you know, cause I, for a while I wasn't dating cause I was so busy with my, I had a floral business and I was working full time. So I actually intentionally did not date a lot. So kind of, you know, close to my 40th, I, I, you know, actively started dating again. And, and I remember friends sort of, we would talk about other people or I would, you know, bring up people and they would be really judgmental when, you know, and, and kind of say like, Oh, what's wrong with if that what's wrong with that person because they're single at X, Y, and Z age. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, well, I am too. And it's, it, it, yeah, I, there is a stigma, I think. And there, I mean, I think it's like better to be, have been married and divorced than to have been single. Like I've never been married and, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm like, I don't think I met anyone that I would have been a great, you know, you know, I wouldn't have been great in a marriage with. So I'm actually happy I didn't have to go through a divorce. Right. Totally. Uh, but I think, I think like, first of all, I think everyone kind of needs to like, if somebody's like newly single, mm-hmm. I think breakups are obviously hard, but I also think they're like the most beautiful moments, like every, you know, after every long relationship I've been in that time after the breakup, after the sort of initial, like sorrow and mourning the relationship, like there's, for me, there's always been just like a resurgence of commitment, a recommitment renewal to my own life. And ultimately I think that that's first of all, what it's about, like your connection to yourself. And when you have like a healthy, when, you know what I mean? When you're healthy, like in your perspective of yourself, you will be healthy. You will have a healthier perspective toward other people, you know, and and you will, if you're compassionate to yourself, you'll be compassionate to other people. If you're confident in who you are, you won't be, you know, you won't waver with these, like the way, like impressions of other people, or if somebody you like, doesn't like you, but all these things. Cause it's like, there's so many factors that go into that. You know, I think like sometimes when people fall in love, like they're, they're actually falling in love with a perhaps like an unexpressed version of themselves, like something that's like unclaimed. Like when you put somebody on a pedestal, maybe they're super creative and you're, you're untapped in that you ha- you're not expressing your creativity. So this person is like the dream person. And it, it's a part of yourself that hasn't been claimed. But I think when you have like a healthy relationship with yourself and a healthy love for yourself, you will, you will then have a healthy perspective on other people. And I think dating I think people just need to have like really look at it as like a time to really continue to explore oneself, but also just to have fun because there's so many things you can learn from people. Right. And there's so many ways you can broaden your, your understanding of the world through other people's experiences. You can learn new skills and hobbies. Like if somebody you're dating has a different, you know, so I think it's like, somehow we need to like have a healthy perspective on, on dating. And, and, and that starts with like a healthy relationship to oneself. Wow. That just blew my mind. And it's so true (laughs) because I really, I really truly believe that. Like I, I, I have thought of so many of my dates that I was like, oh, wow, I never would have went surfing or I never would have you know learned about meditation if I didn't date this person and when you were saying about like experiences and and you learn so many things from these people it's like you can kind of take that with you and really like grow yourself like you're saying lord like there are so many things that I never would have like like I just said learned about 
thought about, done, experienced, traveled to, like, right? it really is, it is so informative. And I think it can be so kind of soothing because it's like, it's, it's almost like you're like living in another world because you go on these dates, you learn these new things and then you're like, oh, okay, now back to reality. And then you kind of go on another date and it, it's, it's, it's almost something, I don't, I don't even know if I'm making any sense right now, but I think it's, it's so, it can be very, very educational. And you really, I feel like break down the barriers of like, you really learn so much about, I find that you learn an incredible amount about yourself when you are alone, you're in your own, your own way, your own self, you, you really can you learn what makes you happy what brings you joy uh-huh. it's the little things I always say that like I I when I was single like I would I know this sounds silly but I love shopping so I would take myself shopping like at least once yes. a week, and that's, that's what made me happy and I think you know you have to make yourself happy before you know you can't pour from an empty cup I've, I've heard that phrase so many times and yeah and really and really just understanding that it is a journey and I think like you were saying people do need to have like the less judgmental healthy like because you want to put yourself in their shoes like if someone like when you were saying oh well that person must have something wrong with them because they're single but it's like guess what I'm single too so do you think that about me and it's like just putting yourself in you know your friend's shoes or whomever it is about you know what if I was I, I mean I do this very often but what if I was single and and really, really trying to think about how that person is feeling like they're, you know, going through the motions and going yeah. on, you know, maybe they've had some bad experiences or trauma from dates um, and really yes. just being more understanding about what yeah. this person is going through. Yes. Right. And that doesn't mean like, yeah, that doesn't mean you know, you can be understanding and like understand someone's perspective. That's why I think like, like understanding someone's story, like their world, but that doesn't mean you're going to necessarily, you know, be with them forever. But I think it's important, like if you're in the dating process to to understand and have, you know, compassion. And I I also Mm -hmm. like, and I think also, you know, a few things that you said, it's like, I think even when we're in a relationship, we have to still be committed to, to doing the things that, make us feel most ourselves. I mean, I know like for me, like dating someone pretty, you know, kind of seriously, like I know that then I give up things, right? Like I don't do the dinner with the friends because there's a comfort in like dating somebody consistently and like being in a relationship. And I also love that, but, and I also love being single. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I love like being alone a lot, but I also love like being with somebody and it's just to be kind of I think what we're talking about is like almost like a holistic, like healthy, you know, we always have to be whole. And it's, and also that like our partner, the person we're in a relationship with, they're not going to satisfy all and we, and that they should not have to, right? Like yes. everybody can have their own expect, you know, everyone has different, you know, and also in San Francisco, it's like open relation, all these things, like everybody can create their own framework of what works for them in a relationship if they communicate that you know, and the partner agrees, you know, they, they work on a mutual framework to how they're going to like be themselves while relating to each other. And I think we, we lose that sometimes, right. We just get comfortable. We get in a routine, everyone gets lazy, but it's just like, 
we have to create a whole life, not just like find a relationship. Right. So I think when I think about our conversation now, like really what it is, it's like, okay, we have to, it's, it's really about that. Like being a whole person dating is a part of that. A relationship is a part of that, but also like who you are as a single, you know, in your alone time, like what you do to connect with yourself. Like what is like, I love like sometimes like, you know, like, cause obviously I write, it's just like, sometimes I get in these like writing modes where it's like, I couldn't, I, I need to like wake up and be alone in the morning, you know, and, and just with my thoughts and with my computer and with my own words, not wake up next to somebody. Yeah. And I think that's why like a lot of people, you know, I think during the pandemic, a lot of people in relationships, um, not a lot, I don't know the percentage. I just read some articles about this, but I think, you know, people started to sleep in separate rooms just because they were together so much. They had to have some space. And I think when you're like sharing a bed with somebody for like years and years and years and years it's like sometimes it's nice just to sleep alone and I think a lot of older yeah. you know like my father he's in a relationship totally. they don't live together and they're in their 70s but it works for them yes. so they're That's all kind of, yeah we need space too we you know we need space in a relationship like people need to breathe everything and, together no and people also need to like and I'm not good at this either but like I think everybody needs to be good about expressing what they need. Maybe they don't know that, but that if, if they don't know that it can come, it can then like, they could start resenting the other person because they feel like the other person is taking away their rights or their freedom when it's actually like, no, if you want to do X, Y, and Z more by yourself, just do it. <laughs> you know, like, don't, don't blame the person to being like you, we spend so much time together and I can't do all these things because of you. It's like, nobody's you're not in a jail so just say what you need to do right like even if that's like I need to go away for a weekend by myself I want to take a trip by myself do it yeah everybody should have what they want in a relationship and and not assume that the other person's not going to be willing to to work with that Uh, if you're being vulnerable enough to share that like hey I really need xyz no matter what it is like I need a weekend away, you know, I want to sleep in my own, another room for a week. Like, I think (laughs) as long as, as long as you're being honest and upfront and obviously being vulnerable, I feel like if you have a great partner, then I think they will accept that. And, you know, maybe they'll have a few questions about it, but I think sharing what you need. And I think a lot of people don't do that. I think there are so many people in this world that just, just kind of go with the flow and, and they're kind of just like, mulling around because they're too afraid of right? what the other person will think I know and actually like I think no I mean who knows maybe the other person also like you know maybe I need my alone time mm-hmm. totally and I, I mean I met um one couple and that, that did happen to them. Like one of them needed to be, you know, said like I need like a few months on my own. Didn't want to, didn't want to the person didn't want to end the relationship, but needed mm-hmm. some space. And so a lot of times that can also bring people closer together. But it's kind That's of true. like yeah. we just need to be more comfortable expressing and I think it this isn't just true for relationships. I think it's not, I mean, not just romantic relationships. I also think like friendships, like work related. I mean, all of it, right. Oftentimes we don't know. We assume we make assumptions. People make assumptions Mm -hmm. a lot. 
That is so true. That is so true. Oh my gosh. This <laughs> this was honestly such a great conversation. Any any last thoughts before we get into our game? I could have talked to you for hours. <laughs> no, I think we covered it, you know, mostly <laughs> we covered a lot. I know. This is so awesome. Um, all right, are you ready for the okay, game? Okay. Yes. All right. So this is called this or that, just to get to know you a little more. Um, so the first one is, are you an early riser or night owl? Early riser. Early riser. Yes. Um, pizza or pasta? Oh my God. I love both. Pasta though, probably. I love both though. <laughs> so good. So hard to choose. Um, the next one is, would you rather have the ability to talk to animals or the ability to control weather? Talk to animals. Yeah. Love yeah. That. I really love animals. I always like, you know, the, yeah. They're precious. And they're just so innocent. I mean, most of the time. <laughs> but they would probably say really funny things, you know? Yes. Like, I'm dating right? the dog I'm very attached to the dog. And I'm always like, I will ask, like, what do you, what do you think if she could say anything? What do you think she would say? You know, like, <laughs> I, I always want her to you know, be able to speak to me. Oh yeah, I talk to my dog literally all day long and I'm like, I always wonder, is she ever going to just talk back? And I'm like, I wish that was possible. No, I love, I mean, people, a lot of times people like it, they have more grief when an animal dies than a human because oh, sometimes people are living more intimately with an animal for longer than, you know. It's so true, so true. Uh, would you rather live by the ocean or live in a cabin in the mountains? Mm, a cabin in the mountains. Yeah. I've always been more of a, and I, I, you know, I moved to Santa Fe, like from California and it's like, it, I love it. Like this, you know, I love winter. I love the snow. I love like the cozy. It, it also fits with the riding life. Yeah. Yes. That is awesome. Ocean's wonderful, but I am more of a cozy cabin person. Love that. Um, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but would you rather go on a coffee date or a dinner drink state? Oh, coffee. Yeah. And also related to like dinner. I mean, I actually feel there's a, there's a, I feel bad um, sometimes because I think like a lot of men have this like expect, like the, the pain thing, like really, I think that that it's needs to be so like true. socially updated that like, I don't, I, cause I think a lot of men still have this you know, expectation that they, they have to. Yeah. And I think a lot of women probably expect that for men. I don't, you know, I don't, oh, I don't. yeah, I, I, and I, I, I don't want them to have that pressure all the time. Right. Like, or they have yeah. to, like, I think women feel this physical, like appearance type pressure. And I think men feel this like, and that's rooted in, you know, historical constructs that, and social constructs that I think need to be updated, you know, and everybody needs to be um, and nicer to themselves, like, and other people, like, yeah, so oh, I so agree. I completely agree. First of all, I always offer every single date, always offer. I mean, I think I maybe did like a half like halvesies for yeah. a dinner once, but like every single other time it was like the guy paid, but I always offered. And I think because then that kind of shows, in my opinion, it shows the man, oh, okay, she's not just here for a free dinner or yes, what, whatever the situation is. Because I, I never yeah. want to be, I never want to be like thought of as like a mooch or like oh she's just here for the dinner like we didn't even vibe like I always wanted to say you know I I can pay for this as well like yes, I got it. I know. yeah interesting 
Um, all right, the next one is, would you rather create a new holiday or create a new day of the week? Probably a holiday. <laughs> Um, online shopping or in-person shopping? oh, I'm such a bad shopper, so online. I know. I really going to stores. I'm not good at very like it. Just especially with clothes, it's like I don't know. I get overwhelmed. So it's I'm very lazy. I'm a lazy shopper. <laughs> You're like, add to cart, nice and easy. <laughs> Like, I uh, like to kind of have just a few, I don't really have a ton of clothes, you know, and just, I like to have, like, that, you know, look okay with, yeah. yeah. My dad's girlfriend, actually, like, when I visit my dad, she always wants to help me shop, which I appreciate, because if I didn't go there, I probably wouldn't have new clothes, because she, she makes me go to, <laughs> I love that. I love that. yeah. Um, the next one is, would you rather live without movies or live without music? Probably music. Yeah. I really like movies. Yeah. Uh, I know you said you travel a lot. Would you rather travel somewhere familiar or travel somewhere new? You know, as I get older, it's actually familiar. You know, I, I mean, there are a lot of places I still want to visit, but they're like, there are a lot of places that just, you know, like I have family in Europe and I don't know. There's just, I, again, I think I, as I get older, I become like a little bit more just comfort driven, you know? Yeah. I don't know why it's so, it's so bizarre, but that's kind of how I, and I actually don't like to travel abroad that much. So for me, I actually prefer now, and I think COVID impacted this, but just kind of being where I can drive. I like Really? to be able to, you know, travel. Yeah. I don't Yeah. like airports, airports. I don't like airports anymore. They're the worst. Yeah. They really are. Um, would you rather give up all technology? Or give up TV, movies, and books. All technology. Yeah. Love. Love. Um, the next one is, would you rather direct a music video or direct a photo shoot? Photo shoot. Photo shoot. Love that. Um, would you rather receive, like, flowers and plants or chocolate? <laughs> Oh, I like both. Um, Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. That's probably the hardest one, but probably flowers and plants, you know, cause there, I think there's something, I mean, I had a floral design business before and, and I don't know, I, especially plants. I mean, I think like plants are a nice gift because they continue, you can grow the, you know, they can continue to live and they don't die. And I think it's a nice gesture. It's like giving somebody life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say it's like a a living thing that it's Yeah. it's and it makes it like more homey and it don't they have like research on like If you have plants in your house, it makes it more, um, I don't know, happy or brings you joy or something like that. Like, I, I think that's probably true. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, and, and then the last one is sunrise or sunset. 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 Even though like I'm more of a morning person, but like there in New Mexico, there are just these like really stunning sunsets, you know? Oh my God, Yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, this was so much fun. I loved hearing all your stories and thank you so much for being here today and for your time. 
um, please let everyone know where they can connect with you and find your book. Oh, well, yeah. So it's already, I mean, the pub date is April 25th, but it's already available on um, Amazon and other booksellers for pre-order. Um, it's called The Veil Between Two Worlds, A Memoir of Silence, Loss, and Finding Home. But also all that information and, and social media is on my website. So christinavo.com. Um, but yeah, I hope I hope the book finds its way to, in particular, women who are, you know, on this search, um, spiritually connected and, and searching for meaning and, and place and love and these things. So I hope that it, I'm, and I'm confident that it will reach the people it needs to reach and that hopefully it will have an impact in some way. Well, I'm sure it will. I mean, you, you are very, <clears throat> very I, I can just feel your energy and you're very inspirational and just the way you articulate things. So I, I, I think that your book will go, will go far. So, and congratulations on the launch of it coming up. That is very, very exciting. And thank you so much again for being here today and for your time. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Definitely connect with Christina and you know where to find me at My Naked Mindset on all of your social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You can also join my free Facebook group, My Naked Mindsetters. It is in the bio and check out my merch and website as well. I look forward to connecting with you and please let me know if there's any topics that you would like to have me talk about. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Bye.